All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are once again to dissect this member and discuss another horror movie of our week. So today's movie is going to be the 2007 movie, vampire movie, 30 Days of Night, set in Barrow, Alaska, which is actually not the current name. The uh, current name, they changed it over to the native name. It's uh, Ukwigvik. Oh. Um, that's what they changed it on over to. They did that fairly recently within the last two years or so, actually. Oh, do you, anyway, what that means? we'll get to that. In, what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, Dude, listen, I thought it would be really, really impressive that if I could go ahead and pronounce Ukwivik um, out loud, and then you just have to, like, press me over and over again with these questions. Like, just let me have that moment. Okay, okay, I, I apologize. Great, great pronunciation. Flawless, great. I <laughs> I, I feel like I'm there. Uh, let's see. Actually, no, I'm curious, too. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, Andrew, how are you doing? I, I'm doing great, man. Yeah, just... Uh... We just had like I think that heat wave is over now, but we just we just had a, that big heat wave going on, and now it's rain wave the next four days. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying the coolness after that. Yeah, same here. It rained a lot last night. Um, I went for a run this afternoon, which normally would be like 88, 89 degrees here in South Carolina or North Carolina. However, because it rained last night, it was like mid 70s, and oh, it was so perfect. Um, Ukuvik, uh the meaning of that is the place for gathering wild roots, according to the um, indigenous population. Oh, interesting. Okay. No. Yeah. You know that that that's great. It's 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 a great tie in to Thirty Days of Night. There's there, people live there and they put down roots. There we go. Nailed it. Nailed it. I guess so. Nailed yeah. it. Great. Yeah. Great. Great. There we go. Transition. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, so, Anthony, this was actually your suggestion for the movie of the week. So, why don't you go ahead and say exactly why you chose it and what is your history, your background with this film? Well, I think this is actually a kind of combined suggestion, right? Because it came originally. I think we brought this up because of your experience. Yes, that is correct. So throughout the month of June, uh, two weeks early, I was went on over to Anchorage, Alaska for work. And that's why we had one of the episodes delayed. And also we had the guest star as well from last episode. Um, but yeah, I just was there in Anchorage for two weeks. Uh, unfortunately, I was there during the summer. So that basically means I did not see any night sky. It was just daylight all the time which would be preferable if I was fighting vampires to what happens in this movie, 30 Days a Night, which is set during in the Arctic Circle in the northernmost town in America. And there is a period of time for 30 days where there's absolutely no daylight. And that's that. So, yeah, um, I've actually never seen this movie. I was about to ask. I I wasn't sure if you had. Okay. Wow. I'm surprised. I I thought this movie was really big when I was... I guess, you know, transitioning to what you said about, like, the history, like, I, I remember being, like, really pumped about this movie, going to go see it in theaters. Like, I was all about this movie when it came out. It was, like, my prime horror days uh, as, as a kid kind of growing up, being really obsessed with the idea of this movie. And, like, um, I, I don't know about you, I read all the comics when it first came out because um, like, I was super pumped. And I didn't read the comics when they came out, but the movie came out. I Again, I kind of went through and dug through all the history of it. Um, I even watched the sequels to this movie, uh, Dark Days, which was I'm sorry. Not great. <laughs> yeah, I've heard uh, things about the sequels and how they're not very good as well. That's one thing I did not actually realize about. It. This is a whole franchise. Yeah. 
Um, I did a little digging in terms of how it was created and exactly um, what happens in terms of the whole process. Steve Niles was the original creator. He conceived it uh, in the form of a comic originally, and he shopped it around, and nobody actually picked up on it initially. Then he shopped it, tried to pitch it as a film. That also did not work out as well. However, I guess there was just some sort of chance meeting, or he took it back to the drawing board, but eventually IDW Publishing decided, hey, let's give this vampire movie a shot. I'm sorry, vampire comic a shot, and they did publish the comic, and it was actually a pretty big success. And then the movie was eventually created after that. But, uh, yeah, it's a whole franchise. There's, let's see here. We've got uh, two comics, 30 Days a Night and the sequel Red Snow. There's three tie-in novels, 30 Days a Night, Rumors of the Undead, and Immortal Remains. And then, of course, there's 30 Days a Night, which we're about to discuss today, and then Dark Days. And there's actually two miniseries as well, Blood Trails and Dust to Dust. Uh, both of those were released on fear.net or fearnet i definitely watched all of those but i i gotta say i I only really kind of vaguely remember dark days none of them are very memorable um but actually in addition to what you said like in addition to the x the sequel comic that came out there's a bunch of other comics as well there's like return to burrows there's ed uh what's what's eben and stella like there's a comic about them like it goes on like there's it's it's like a pretty expanded universe like in the comics just by themselves it's kind of crazy which is weird because like i I feel like i was not expecting that to be that way like i think the story feels very self-contained to the fact there's this huge uh i don't know universe kind of drawn off is really interesting yeah and what a concept it is i mean just like a vampire movie set in a location that's not only super remote but also that there is no sunlight like that's just the concept alone is fantastic now, I did, like we said before, I did not see this movie until fairly recently. I do remember seeing the advertisements, but that was during my late, uh, was it 2007? It would have been freshman year of college for me. And I wasn't as into horror movies as I am now, as I became later on. So I skipped that one, but uh, I do remember seeing this was a pretty big deal in terms of commercials and on the TV and trailers before movies and everything else like that. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Do we have any other production info about this movie? Well, any fun facts about it's it? Pretty, Sam Raimi was one of the guys who's really interested in it. Apparently, I think he, I think he read the comic and really liked it, and that's why he helped produce it. I think it's, it's, it's yeah. where the story is, and that's that's awesome. Like, yeah, I did read something online about he was originally slated to direct, or at least he was in talks to direct at some point, but he was just like, you know what, I'd rather produce it instead. But uh, yeah, he's it's it's got a little bit of his touch on him, which uh, on it, which is pretty nice. Yeah, I felt like there were a lot of. I thought kind of like felt the way the, the villain like it, it's directly ripped from the comic. I think it's very truthful with the comic. I think that's definitely from that. Um, but I felt a lot of kind of like I don't know Army of Darkness kind of vibes a little bit in terms of the way the villains were acting at times, um, mm. which I, I thought was nice. Yeah, they definitely hammed it up. Um, another fun fact about this movie too is the production was entirely in New Zealand, which is interesting. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the whole set is just a small little town of, in real life, about 4,000 people up in uh, the uh, Arctic Circle. But, uh, yeah, New Zealand. You know, Elsa's shot in New Zealand? Or maybe Australia? Um, That one movie about the rain. I think it was called The Rain. Was It's about this one rain, and there's a bunch of short people... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's that. Yeah, it's exactly that one. And then you know, that's right. Eventually, the people you know, there's like second. There's a second one. What? 
there's a second one and there's a third one. There's also a second breakfast too. And um, I just know that a bunch of nerds get really angry because one time I was told to say that why didn't the Eagles do it? And they ran me out of uh, Comic Con. <laughs> and I don't understand why. No. It's a great yeah. question. Uh, what other movie was set in uh, New Zealand? I never, or well, I never said it was a movie. But uh, oh. a lot of Power Rangers was filmed in New Zealand and Australia. Australia some of the later seasons. Ah. I know, right? Like, great, great fact, right? You need to know that. <laughs> Are you now? Are you talking about the um, original Super Sentai, or are you talking about the talk about like American? Talk about like Ninja Storm and those kind of ones. Bad after that, where the accents are very clear. And you're like, wow, you guys are not even trying to hide that, and they pretend <laughs> pretend you're like in California or something. Good job. Uh, yeah, you know the the, the 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 bad seasons. I might argue. You know, actually, Ninja Storm is fucking yeah, I lit, guess so. but maybe like the ones after that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so do you want to dive into the movie itself and talk about first impressions? Yeah, well, I figured before we do that, uh, before we do first impressions, Jan, uh, Dan, do you just want to give like a, a brief plot summary? You know, not a spoiler-free plot summary, just for, I feel like we haven't really said what the movie's about necessarily. We've said roughly, but, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a pretty basic concept. There are vampires up in the Arctic Circle, and every so often during the titular 30 Days of Nights um, in this town up in Alaska, they are decide to go on in and decide to feed on the people who are currently in there. So it's a fairly standard plot. No daylight. Vampires come on in. The humans that do remain decide to uh, kind of come on over and fight for their lives and fight against the vampires. So that's that. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Because what, what, like, this is your first time watching it. Like, what did you think about mm-hmm. it? I thought it was fine. Like, I thought it was a very interesting concept. I, like you, was very confused about how exactly they can expand this universe because it does seem like very self-contained but just in terms of the concept it's fantastic and they do a fairly decent job with it It, it's one of those movies that doesn't break a lot of old ground but it does break it doesn't break a lot of new ground but it breaks old ground very very well so i thought it was a solid little horror movie how about you yeah i'm the same boat like i pulling it up watching again was very nostalgic feeling and like i thought the setup was great i do think it stumbles a little bit towards the end um, and kind of, I think that, uh, I thought the ending was very quick to a degree, which I didn't necessarily love, but I also don't see how else they could have really done it. I think like that penultimate. Now, now are you saying the ending is quick or are you saying the ending scene is very quick? Cause I agree with the scene. It just kind of ends. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I mean the, the resolution to the problem is very quick. I thought, um, I thought like it's, but which again, I don't know how else they would have done it. It's a very typical way to end a horror movie. Um, and it is how it ends in the book. But I just thought it was rather quick, and like I would have liked more of a build up to it, especially for all the build up that we get throughout the film of like the claustrophobic kind of scenes and them, you know, walking around, hiding around, hiding from these vampires. I just thought the resolution came really quick, and like uh, the effects of what he does to resolve the situation, uh, I feel it could be explored a little more interestingly, or at least expressed differently. I just feel like it was very superhero ending kind of, um, which I just I, don't, I, I just could have seen it played off a little bit different. But again, it's very accurate to the comic. It's like. Right there. Aside from the fact that there is a different character in the comic who happens to be there during that scene, uh, it's very, very uh, true to that. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I liked it. I, I think that I was a little more critical this time. But I, again, like I, I think this is a great movie. I think, like as you said, I think the premise alone of this movie and the execution of that premise is great. And I think that this, I don't know if this is one of the questions that we might be asked later, but this is my favorite portrayal of vampires. It's one of my favorite, just because I love the way that they are. I think that they actually kind of make them scary again, especially like in a time... Uh, where I don't think the Twilight the movie had come out yet, but it's in a time where like, but the books were definitely a fan, yeah. But like, mm-hmm. we, you know, we, like we have like Underworld, we have like, 
uh, Blade. Yeah, well, but, but Blade, I think Blade, again, Blade is like this one where vampires are scary in Blade, kind of. But I think that gothic kind of romanticism is gone in this, and I love that. I, I thought... Oh, definitely. No, those vampires will fuck your shit up, which I love. And I will say, part of the reason I thought the sequels weren't as successful, I can't remember them clearly, but I do remember them kind of going more into that Blade style. The cool thing is they do, I think, go into, like, cities and stuff with vampires, but it feels very Blade-esque with, like, the underworld vampire culture that's right there, but you just never looked at it, uh, which I don't necessarily like. I liked the obscurity of the vampires in this. Like, the very, like, mm-hmm. idea of these outsiders is basically what they are, which I think is... Yeah, great. and besides the fact that, you know, they have their own language and they have their own organizational structure where they report to certain people and, you know, one's clearly the leader and one's not, um we really don't get too much of an impression of, you know, where they come from, where are their homes, what turned them into vampires originally, that sort of thing. It's all left very in the dark, which uh, thematically is very appropriate. So, you know, I like that. Yeah. One complaint I do have this about this movie, though, is I just think there were too many characters. Like, especially since there were a lot of characters that didn't have any defining character traits. Um it just felt like, especially during the first 10 or so minutes, trying to figure out exactly who everyone was, I thought it was a little bit too much. Now, I agree. I think I think part of the thing is that this movie does stretch. It does feel a little longer. Like, the comic goes pretty quick. And I think this movie does that thing where they try to, you know, they, they want you to get to know the characters. So when they, they die, it's meaningful. But instead of servicing some characters really strongly that you feel bad when they die, every character kind of gets a very tertiary look. So they kind of, you're like, eh, you know, you died. I kind of see it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I might know your name. I might know something about you. Um, when they get, I think they could have pulled back a little bit on some of these characters and maybe focused more on uh, a core few. Um, but that's a great transition. Let's talk about our characters. Um, sure, absolutely. So uh, you know, let's, let's talk about our our main man. You know, our our lead of this film, the the reason we all bought the ticket, or in this case, Dan somehow found the movie. Uh, Josh Hartnett, Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood hot heartthrob, bad haircut, and the faculty. By the way, watch our or listen to our episode on the faculty. It's faculty. It's fantastic. Uh, yeah, he plays our main character, which is Sharon Eben Olson, um, who is a young sheriff who protects the town. He has an ex-wife, and the ex-wife is also in this movie, and he has a younger brother as well. Uh, what do you think of uh, Josh Hartthrob Hartnett? I fucking love Josh Hartnett. I love him in everything he's in. There's never been something I do not love him in. Like, you know, amazing actor. I love the fact that he, like, I feel like in every movie, he he, he probably plays almost the same character in every movie. Uh, but, like, I thought his character in this was great. I thought he's a really believable character. He wasn't really a hero. Like, I, I love these characters in these movies when, like, they are obviously our main lead. But, like, other than his kind of thing at the end that happens at the end of the movie i thought he was a very like believable person like he he knows everybody he goes around he like, talks to people in the town he like tries to de-escalate things mm-hmm. he like, knows the especially people. in a small town like this yeah he knows everyone that's coming in and out and when the stranger comes on and he knows immediately that hey you're not from here where are you from tries to learn about him yeah well, i was like he's not mad smooth either like he gets like he like trips over things he like does stupid shit he, he like gets <laughs> beat up like i think he's I, I loved him like how about yourself yeah, I thought he was great, too. I mean, Josh Hartman's always just, like, a great to see. He's kind of like Matthew Lillard. Uh, Il- oh, God. Lillard? Matthew Illiard. 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 You know what? I managed to pronounce the town correctly, but I can't pronounce his last name correctly. Uh, yeah, no, I. it's kind of like that, where it just, like, he shows up randomly in a movie, and I'll be like, oh, hey, it's him. Whatever happened to him? And I 
always enjoy seeing him. Um, I will say, I think I texted you this as well. Um, about half the movie, he is wearing a hat, so we can't see his haircut. And when we do get to his haircut, it's a really good haircut. So that threw me for a loop. Yeah, but. no, dude, the haircut's fucking... Like, okay, let's take a moment and talk about his haircuts. All right, so like, <laughs> think about the movies he's in, all right? We got we got Faculty, where I still think his haircut's great. Um, got this film, where his haircut, you know, goes gets a little dirty now and then, but it's a nice kind of part down the middle with some kind of fraying going on. Um but I think the ultimate haircut he's ever had, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, or if you haven't seen this movie, fuck yourself, Hollywood Homicide with Harrison Ford, where he plays a uh, rookie cop who also is, like, trying to be a stage actor at the same time. He has a... All right, I'm sorry. I have to go. I gotta go fuck myself. You gotta go fuck yourself. Like, it's it's a great movie. I've never seen Hollywood Sounds... Okay, that's gonna be on there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it, but look at check out that hair. I think it's that's peak Josh... Uh, Josh Hartnett hair. Also, probably piece it's Josh like Hartnett. Ashton Kutcher hair. It's it's Ashton Kutcher, but I just think I think he's a better face. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's yeah. Forty days and forty nights. <laughs> that that's you know he was good in that one. Um, Halloween H two O. Oh yeah, dude. I forgot he's in that. Yeah, yeah. He was in Pearl Harbor. Too. Yeah, he was in Pearl Harbor. That was that was kind of sad. Yeah. You know, it's a little, it's a little yeah. sad, but. Now, I, I thought he's a great character in this movie. I thought, and it's also he's pretty accurate to the comic too. I think in the comic he's a little bit bigger, a little bulkier. Um, but again, I think it's, it, like this movie is oddly accurate uh, for most of it. But I thought I thought he's great. Um, I thought he's a believable character, and that's I think, probably the most important thing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, how, yeah, no, I thought he was great. How about uh, Stella uh, Olsen, played by Melissa George? Yeah, so Stella is um, Josh Hartnett's ex-wife, and obviously there's some history between the two, and she ends up in this town um, during the time it was Barrow, so I'm going to keep calling it that. Um, But Barrow, basically because she gets into a car accident before the last plane out arrives. And I do want to talk a little bit more about the setting, because I just think it's really interesting. Um, Yeah, well, okay, so the setting, Barrow, Alaska. Again, northernmost town in all of Alaska, and northernmost town in the United States, exactly. Uh, It's an oil town. Um, Some other interesting facts about it. Again, this is just kind of I've been researching because I was up in Alaska. Um, There's obviously no roads to get there. There are just planes that fly in and out, and if you miss it, that's it. Um, the constantly snowing up there. There's even in the middle of summer, there's still snow during the summer. It is just a hundred percent daylight the whole time. Um, and primarily the business is oil. Um, and then also to the roads, there's actually no concrete roads or gravel roads or anything like that because the permafrost would just break it up constantly so it's all just dirt roads the whole way through houses are built on stilts there's really no foundation um another thing too is obviously things are very very expensive up there and it's all based on volume like a big thing of toilet paper like 12 rolls will cost you 30 40 bucks um yeah but apparently they make very good money up there so Damn. Well, I guess, yeah, you probably have to pay, to pay like a premium by the companies that you work for to live in a place like that. Like, Yeah, and it's basically like a company store sort of thing. You know, there's only a few companies up there, and, you know, you pay for that. But, I mean, they've got a post office. It's an American town. Mm-hmm. They've got American stop signs, all that good stuff. And, actually, I was wondering, so the last plane flies out and they stuck there for a month. Was that because of the storm? Did they say why explicitly, or do you know why? Like, is it are there storms during those dark seasons? Is that why, like... Are there like winter storms? Yes, the weather is just not cooperative during that time. It's the same thing with Antarctica, where just there's only a certain period of time throughout the year where it's actually feasible to fly back and forth, and any other time is just way too dangerous. So they just basically get everything they need before that time. Okay. 
And then, so yeah, that's an actual thing. All right. And then, so while we're on the subject of Stella, because I feel like Stella in this movie isn't a super big character. I feel like she has some moments, but she's kind of just relegated as uh, Emmons' ex-wife or wife with separation mm-hmm. going on. I, it's kind of hard to tell, but like the, a subplot in this movie is their relationship and how they kind of... Uh, it's come apart, and there's some. I think some four scenes, unfortunately, with Josh Hartnett, where he has to be like, "Family's all that matters," because it's you know supposed to be a uh, uh, talking about their relationship without Probably talking about Buster. it. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, what do you? How did you feel about their relationship in this movie? Did it feel believable? Did it feel like weird, forced? Was it even a thing to you? What do you think? Yeah, I I really wish that this character developed a little bit more because I I really name a character trait of her. I, I really can't think of any physical characteristic besides she's caring because she wants to save that little girl at the end, and that's about it. I really didn't get a sense of personality for her at all. Well, and the thing that I thought was weird about that scene, uh, that's one of my what the fucks, is I, like, she, and we'll say that, I guess I'll say that for later, but I think she, the one thing I'll give her is she's a smart and strong character in this film, I think. She never really, she doesn't put a dance on the stretch. Like, uh, next to Eben, like in one of the earlier scenes, she pulls a gun on a guy. As soon as he starts, like, being an asshole. And, like, she is very, like, you know, he's African, he's like, all right, fine, I'll watch this guy. Like, she's pretty capable. But, which I like, and it kind of, I think it shows that why they would be good, why they would like each other. But we don't really, I think the chemistry is not really there. I think that they developed her character well, and she's well written. But the chemistry is not there, such that when I think about that movie later on, um, uh, Dark Days, which is basically her story. It's very weird because it's kind of like oh, I don't I didn't really see that chemistry enough between you guys to start off with. So it's weird that you're so <laughs> indebted to Eben, um, other than you know he's Josh Hartnett and I get it. But yeah, and going back to that bar scene from the earlier, basically just this is at the very beginning of the movie. But Josh Hartnett is talking to a stranger who has wandered into town, who's causing a little bit of a ruckus at the local bar. And then says, hey, let's step outside, you know, get away from these people so we can have a little bit of a chat. And the guy's on the cooperative. And Stella comes on in and holds a gun to the back of the stranger's head and then says, oh, you really want to get outside? And I would have liked more scenes like that with them working together. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that would have been much stronger for this movie. Nah, I completely agree. Because, like... You know, there's a lot of moments where they kind of go out and do stuff together. Like, there's the scene when they go to check on the guy with the flashing light, and they go, they run across together. And there's a lot of those kind of scenes where, you know, they're up in the attic, and she, they're kind of making a plan together, trying to talk people down together, which are great. But yeah, like, I feel like more things of them or her just developing, more things of her operating by herself. I think there's a lot of them together doing things, but there's not a lot of her doing things by herself, mm-hmm. aside from the one scene with a little girl, uh, which I just have a problem with, because it seems utterly against everything else that they've been doing in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And seems very much like... She's the woman, so she goes and does this, which I just I don't like. Um, well, that's we'll talk about it later. Um, but you know that brings up another character I want to talk about. Uh, the stranger is what he's credited as, played by Ben Foster. Um, what do you think about him as character? Was he like? I really liked him. I really liked his acting. I thought he was creepy enough. It, it kind of oh shit, who is the uh, hmm? Reginald in the original Bram Stoker novel of? Um, the, the, the guy who eats the flies. Uh, uh, in Dracula. Uh, I, I can't. He's familiar, whatever he is. Uh, his, whatever that guy is, the ghoul, whatever he, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. I got you. Yeah, shit, what's his name? Renfield, Renfield. that's it. Yep, yep. Yeah. Renfield. Yeah, I got a lot of Renfield vibes from him, which I really did like. Um, it, it definitely, I mean, like his teeth were dirty. I, I just can't remember I was looking at his teeth over and over <laughs> yeah. and over again, because he really just was a 
dirty stranger who wanders into town and we find out later on that you know he is working with the vampires and he kind of is the catalyst for the whole movie in terms of letting them into the town and everything like that but uh yeah i thought he played it very well yeah i, I, I agree you know and i i thought like because i kind of forgot the part about him i don't honestly like, i feel like i must have zoned out in the first the movie because that scene with him walking at the beginning away from the ship across the snow I, that was that blew my mind i was like I've, i don't remember this scene at all <laughs> like, um so that that scene but then i i, I love the tension with him in evident in that first scene because you kind of don't know what he is because what the, it starts out he's wearing this big cloak his face is covered it's kind of dark kind of murky um and you kind of you think you're like is he a vampire because he even said like you get the impression that he thinks that he is like he, you know he's obviously he's not but he wants he wants to be and he like you know he's this lanky little guy like it, realistically he's, he's like a lanky kind of guy um and uh, he he's like, yeah, I want to at least fucking try to take me, uh, Josh Hartnett. Well, Josh Hartnett could clearly fucking kill this guy. <laughs> and, like, you can just see that. Like, I love the way that's played off. Where, like, you're not quite sure. Like, as the audience, you're like, what's going on with him? And, like, you think that he's the vampire. Um, and I love that. And, I, it, you know, again, it, ma- it makes sense what happens. Like, the ending, I feel like the end, what happens to his character is kind of a trope in these movies. The, the character who wants to be them and, fall, and you know, they use him. Um, but... I, I yeah I agree I liked him. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think of the vampire design? Just in general. Yeah, just in general. I, I liked it. I like you mean like of all the vampires like I I I thought it was great. Um, like you know talk talk bring up our our main guy Marlo. Um, I I really liked I, I like how most of them um, basically they got they're so basically the vampires in this are basically uh, blue skinned uh, wearing dark clothing. Or not blue, you know, kind of light blue, pale skin, wearing dark clothing. I think blue from the cold, probably. Uh, dark eyes. Um, their teeth are just kind of like fangy teeth. They have a bunch of little fangs in their teeth. And um, one thing that I really liked is they kind of carried the sword from the comic books. In the comic book, all of the vampires had, like, red chins. Because they were all fucking drinking blood and shit. So, like, the entire... They always had, like, blood on their chins. They looked like little beards. Uh, and they definitely kept that in this movie, which I loved. Um, yeah, definitely. They were just covered in blood the whole time. It was great. I also like their nails. They had those really, They had those, like, really yes. long... Like I don't know how to describe them, but they're like Wolfman nails. I don't know. Um, I like, but I, I think they're very feral looking, and they also weren't like insane. You don't get the impression that these vampires are like mythical at all. They are like biological. Uh, mm-hmm. I, yeah, they will fuck your shit up, but at the same time, they're not completely one hundred percent invincible. So yeah, and I also like it, it's kind of like interesting. Um, so actually, I'll talk about. I do want to hop into the vampires, but like we'll use to talk about her because the last character I really had to talk about was Marlo. Um, so Mar- Marlo's the lead vampire, um, in the, in the mm-hmm. film. I just want to, and also, uh, did you have subtitles on yours for the vampires, the version you watched? Okay, I did, perfect. Yes. I want to make sure, I, apparently some people watched it and didn't know there were subtitles. So I was just like, I was kind of reading around on it and I was like, oh, that's makes the movie Yeah, the weird. vampires talk in like some sort of weird clicky language and, uh, yeah, there are subtitles yeah. in my version. I saw it. Fun least. fact, apparently they consulted a linguist and actually made up a language for these vampires. <laughs> they did. I had that in my notes too. Way to go. But I, I thought, we're both cool. on the ball today. Yeah. Uh, but difference between the book, the book, they actually speak English <laughs> in the book. They talk and they talk to people. Oh, they just wanted to show off. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, so, but no, I, I, so my last year I want to talk about is Marlo. He's the leader of the vampires. He's the only one. I don't. I don't can't remember. If he, I don't know how I know his name. Is he said in the book? Or, I, I know it's said in the comic book. I don't know if it's said in the movie. I mean, I knew his name, so I'm assuming he was in the movie at some point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So his name's Marlo. Um, he's a lead vampire. The thing I like about him is that he's not like anything more than the other vampires really like 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 as as dan said earlier like he's he's the leader but he's not like some 
at least what we're given, he's not some ancient guy. He's like a, I think of him more as like the godfather of the group. He's like the bot, the mob boss, essentially. Like he's valuable to them because he's their leader, but he's not like anything special. He's not, it's like, I feel like so many of these movies, they have the alpha vampire or something like that, but he's not, he's just a regular vampire. <laughs> he's just another one of them. Mm-hmm. And they just choose to follow him. I guess they just democratically elected him. Yeah, I get a leader now because you're the smartest out of all of us or something like that. Yeah, like, and, and the comics kind of make it where, like, there's different... Like, in the comics, basically, Marlo and them come here uh, to drink the blood and, like, you know, eat because they can and they can get away with it and stuff. Um, but it, it's more or less implied they're also doing it for, like, another group of vampires. Like, they're, he's almost like a, a mob, a leader underneath a bigger mob boss, and that the bigger mob boss shows up at the end of the comic and is like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Um, uh, so like that's I think that's really interesting to me for because he has a character he's just kind of like going around like you know we see a lot of scenes of him just kind of like playing with his food to a degree like he and the other vampires it's not like they're like just torturing humans to the fun of it but they just like don't think of them like you know they think of them as the way they get of cattle they just like they're just like you know we you like you know our goal is to come here and eat you and we came here to eat and like that's what you guys are to us like you know like I, lo- I love the scene he's um he i think i forget what it is i came here to drink blood and chew bubble gum and i'm all out of gum dude imagine chewing bubble gum with those teeth bro he has no molars oh god jeez <laughs> what about a bubble gum ball just like one of those like 25 cents of the thing anyway uh, but like, he has some really great lines um and i, and I kind of love um how i forget i think what he, what he says at one point to the humans uh he says it when one, one of these guys basically tries to kill them does a good job and tries to blow himself up does blow himself up and the guy is just like you know like what like what what parasites you are like you know you when if you run against the block a rock wall and you can't destroy you destroy yourself like he's basically just like yeah you guys were like fucking pathetic like <laughs> and I, I love that that look at them like the kind of look we get into their mind of like these people are just like to them they're just like you guys are just fucking pathetic little creatures that like aren't don't know what the fuck you're doing Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did like that one line too, where that uh, one girl who was taken as bait, she goes, "Oh God!" and then he just walks out after her, and he's just like, "No God!" and that was it. Dude, I, I love the way he says God. He's like, "God!" He's like, "God!" Like he like, "God!" Like, yes. it's, it's so good. I, don't know. I, I think again, the highlight of this movie for me, like, other than obviously um, Josh Hartnett heartthrob, is uh, it's just the vampires <laughs> and like the story, like they, they kind of implied by them. Um, and I, I feel like that's just kind of want to hop off into now, just the vampires in general, like. Um, I know that you said that there are some questions about the vampires that uh, we might have, but like in general, like what is your opinion of these vampires? Where do they stand for you in terms of vampires? I know I kind of already gave my spiel on that. What's your opinion? I love how terrifying they were. Like I really do. I, I, I mean, I know this was a year before the Twilight movie came out, and you know it kind of implemented itself into the cultural zeitgeist. But this was definitely a movie where the vampires were terrifying people that they were um the creatures that they were and they will come in they will fuck your shit up they were intelligent they used bait they used traps um and they were just terrifying to look at and interact with so yeah i i I felt they were very compelling antagonists yeah i felt like that they were smart and like it wasn't just like they were smart like again i keep going back to like the uh the underworld thing because i always hate in underworld the movies where they're like we're not humans but we basically just act like them and like parisian society and all fancy and like bourgeoisie and stuff like I like this idea that they're like, no, we're not humans, and fuck humans. We're like, we're not like. They don't try to be like them. It's it's always so weird when like, movies that I see, like you know, in like uh, in Twilight, in Underworld, in like even like certain Dracula adaptations where the vampires are just like, I don't know, basically just people goth goth essentially. Um, and I feel like these are just these feel like other creatures who happen to be look like humans. Um, and, I, and I like that you know again they're smart. Like you said they don't they play trash, but they also like. 
they're not like trying to cre- they're not sexualized they're not trying to they're not using any like guile or anything um and they don't want to create more vampires they explicitly make a point not to um mm-hmm. but one of the things that always stands out to me the most is he has this this discussion with people where he's like you know like we like so think when things start to go south and that they start to like worry that a human might get out that they may have fucked things up and a human might get out is that he has a speech about the idea that like we spent so long trying to make everybody think that we are like a myth not something that's real um and i think that that idea that like when we create a story when we create an urban legend when we create all these like horror movies and stuff we kind of in a way hide some of the horror that's actually out there and i love that idea that they, they, they kind of thrive off that like we push this idea of Dracula because if you think that Dracula is a fantasy, then you won't think we're real. You won't anybody who says like, "Oh, look, it's a vampire," will be like, "No, you're fucking insane. Those aren't real." And I, I love that <laughs> context in the story. That's, that's really clever. Maybe, maybe Marlowe is the leader of those vampires because he was elected in a democratic election, and he's really, really good at propaganda, and that's how he got elected. That's actually probably exactly it. He's like, "Yo, make I could read this. Make our ghost ship great again." Yeah, I could see him, like, you know, just planting evidence on his rival in, like, the Watergate Hotel or something like that. And, you know, showing all the vampire propaganda. What would be vampire propaganda? What would be, like, a big vampire scandal? Uh, Maybe, like, a vegan vampire or something? Ooh, I think think they just assume they just die if they're vegan vampires. Yeah, I'm assuming. He files his fangs. They're not naturally sharp. Oh, yeah. One of of them could cut their nails or something, and they're like, ah, ah. What a weirdo! Uh, but but yes. I, I think I think the vampires in this are amazing. One, one of my favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. But yes, all right. So I do have a couple questions about vampires okay. that uh, my girlfriend messaged me when I told her we were doing this one. Uh, so the first one, uh, and some of these are pretty obvious. Some of them are not. Are vampires cold blooded like lizards? No, they are not. They just kind of like survive in any climate, right? I don't know, man. I I think it depends on which which thing we're going with in some in some movies their blood is like not even moving uh mm-hmm. but yeah I yeah because they're walking corpses basically so i i'm assuming it doesn't have any impact in terms of what's going on yeah i assume they're still and i assume they're still warm blood yeah because they're just humans that are like infected with something theoretically right mm-hmm. yeah do they react to sun lamps in this movie they yeah do. but only only high uv only the, the uv ones mm-hmm. which uh okay never mind. Go back to, that's one of what the fucks um <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh still have to get permission to come in. Not in this movie. They can come in and attack whenever they want to. Um garlic. They don't really utilize garlic in this movie. Uh do they do not sparkle in this movie? And are there Swedish vampires? I'm assuming in this universe there are. Yeah. Maybe they maybe uh, how would you watch to begin with? Yeah. How would you identify these Alaskan vampires versus Swedish vampires? And my girlfriend did not know that there actually is a very good Swedish vampire movie out there called Let the Right One. Oh, I thought she's referencing that. No, she was oh, not. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. Well, we also don't know where these vampires come from. They could just be hanging out in Alaska. Because they, they arrive on a ship, on like, on like a ghost ship. Maybe this is the sequel to that movie Ghost Ship. Holy shit. It's all, it's all one universe. Uh-huh. Can vampires see their reflection in ponds and lakes? Uh, no, they cannot. It's reflection total. They cannot see their reflection in anything. And seeing reflection in someone's eye, yes, same as that. Yeah, these are easy, easy-ass questions. But I don't know, but maybe she's asking in this movie, because in this movie they probably can see their reflections. Probably. There's nothing incorporeal about them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you want to get to the what-the-fuck portion? Oh, uh, well, I think I have to do our highlights first. 
Okay, so let's go to the highlights. Um, I really like the initial carnage scene, especially when they did the drone shot above the downtown oh my area, God. and you see other corpses just littering the ground, and it's just like from a bird's eye view. That was fantastic. No, I, I could. That's my notes too. Like that. So basically, like, when the movie starts off, um, once the vampires, once shit hits the fan, we just get this great like, probably only five minutes, but like this great just like scene of the vampires just going on and destroying everybody. And I love it, too, because, like, we started watching this, actually, movie or series lately called Cruel Summer, which is, like, a zombie movie. And it reminded me a lot of that, where these these big, wide-angle shots or these big panning shots, as you mentioned. And you just see people running, getting shot by by getting shot by the vampires, getting shot by shotguns, and then people getting jumped. Like, it's insane. It's just, like, and it's probably what would happen, too, because, like, I think we don't see that very often in vampire movies. Usually it's, like, a one vampire doing some stuff or, like, you know, someone just gets mauled. But, like, this idea that it's kind of like a brawl in the streets is, I feel like, unique Mm -hmm. to this that's great yeah and they take over the streets like really quickly which is great so um yeah um another scene too i really like the uh crusher um the little mechanical spindle thing that just crushes anything you throw into it (laughs) although did i did i blink and miss it was there a body that actually fell into it or was it just that dude's hand no uh, um so that that dude's hand got got when he uh pushed the bald zombie or the sorry the bald vampire into it so the bald, okay, bald vampire yeah, was over that. Eben, about to, like, gank him, essentially. And then uh, Billy, what the fuck, the, the family family killer, <laughs> pushes him in and loses his hand to it uh, in the process. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I must have missed that one. Okay, got to go back and watch that. Because, I don't know, after Army of the Dead and the uh, chainsaw, or the uh, buzzsaw, hand buzzsaw that never gets used, I was I was a little bit disappointed in you, that. But you anyway. know, we did, get, we did get the payoff in this one with the weird... What, what the fuck was that thing? The 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 thing with the auger at the end of it and the, the spinning blade that hit uh, that fucking destroyed Stella's car. <laughs> what was that thing? Because uh, it wasn't it wasn't know. a plow. I assume it was meant to like cut through ice and snow to allow plows and stuff to go through. That was my assumption. It was like some like utility yeah, probably plow, like a uh, icebreaker or something. Yeah, like that. that's what it has to be, right? Because there's like a spinning auger on the top of it, which is really weird. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but you know, we got, that came back. That that worked. That did. That did. Mm-hmm. What else? Whatever. Some other also highlights in this movie. So, and we basically, I think a lot of the vampire scenes were pretty good highlights. Um, you know, again, I, I, I guess I think we're putting on spoiler territory, so anybody, because I think we should talk about the ending. Uh, so this is probably a good point. I think so, so too. Spoiler warning to anybody who has not seen the film. Um, you probably have, though. It's pretty old. Um, I don't feel that bad about spoiling it. Um, and it, it's worth it just for the movie itself. I think that if if you like vampire movies, or you like the idea of vampires being scary. This movie's great. Um, or just a fun movie. Like, this is a perfect, like, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, 90s movie that, like, I think is just a fun watch um, just to get through. But the I love the ending. I thought, like, a, not not necessarily, I think that how he defeats Marlo at the end is interesting. Um, uh, but I think, like, the actual ending when he dies is great. I thought, I always, that's the scene that sticks out to me the most in this movie, out of anything, is Eben basically burning alive um and like screaming in pain as he uh watched the sunset with his wife question mark but i love mm-hmm. that scene his strange wife that has gotten back up together through the power of starring in a horror movie together yeah <laughs> but yeah that was a pretty good scene mm-hmm. and like I, I wonder what that like, for the character wise like i you know you know I, I would love to see some youtuber person make like a study of evan's character and like i don't know uh following like dread in like i don't know like loneliness as the character that he is and how it kind of results in what he ends up doing at the end because like if you think about it it's the story about this guy who like is in like one of the most isolated places on earth has a failed relationship and then like at the end has to like 
once he kind of makes that connection again, has to then die, essentially. <laughs> like, has to make the decision to self-sacrifice when he kind of gets what he wants, to a degree. Um, and when people, like, yeah. it's it's kind of, an, it's after that's a, it's kind of a sad story for his character. Um, so, like, I think that adds to why I think that scene's really powerful um, to me. But. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think. Um, so what about some what the fuck? What the fuck? Okay. All right. Yeah, so what we're trying to do is, you know, we're trying to talk about the good things, but then we always want to talk about things that uh, are what the fucks. I think that is what we mostly talk about. Um, but Which could also be good things. It, it could be good. Could also be what the exactly. fuck. Exactly. Like, yeah, like, it could be good what the fuck things. Like, there's, not, there's not always a bad what the fuck thing. Um, but, uh, okay, uh, so do you, want, do you want to start off? Do you want me to go? What do you want to do? Uh, no, you go right ahead, because I think you have a couple in your okay, head already. First one, the fucking little girl. And I, we said this before. Um, but, okay, so they go throughout this entire movie. There are multiple scenes in this movie where they make smart decisions, and they're like, Hey, this teenage girl is walking around outside, and the vampires are clearly using her as a trap. Like, clearly using her as a trap. They they know it. They, they don't see anybody. They just know, and they they let that per- they let that girl die. They like watch her die, actually. Um, but towards the end of the movie, you know, it's the final moments of the movie, they're going to get to a safe place where everybody will be safe, and you know, it'll be great. Um, it'll kind of like end their movie before they need. And Stella and Evan are underneath a. Um, underneath a house crawling away and then they see this little girl outside and stella without thinking about it without talking to evan without doing anything just fucking gets up runs up grabs the girl and runs back underneath the house right in front of a few of the vampires and it's just like it's such a dumb decision and it also fucking screws over um evan and uh billy or the fuck that guy's with them <laughs> like it's i felt like that was just such a, a dumb decision for such a smart character and i get it that's a little girl but it felt like such like a like of course you'd go save the little girl when we've already seen them abandon people for the same reason earlier. Mm-hmm. It just, it felt... Yeah, no, that kind of came out of an hour to it. And especially since it was the female character and, you know, the whole motherly aspect of it all, which hadn't really been put forward at all in this movie at this point. I just... Yeah. Well, also it gets weird because then Evan, she goes back under and I thought she's like, take care. I thought she was going to give the kid and run off. And I was like, oh, what a great self-sacrificing, like, moment for this character. But no, Evan gets up and runs away <laughs> to, like, chase the... And I was like, what? what? Why... <laughs> like what's what's the point here like, and again i get it it's showing that evan cares for her and stuff and it's evan's character as the main hero so maybe it's part of the writing not just a bad female character for that regard but also a bad male character for having to be the one to solve the problem where i thought originally she was going to um but no i just felt dumb and it like a very dumb decision for characters who i thought most movie were really smart um i thought that's weird yeah um let's see uh what's another one i have here oh fuck uh okay when Eben, so end of the story, Eben's like, I gotta fight these vampires, bro. I gotta do it. Um, so his his way to fight vampires um, is to become one. He's like, yeah, you know, the, he's like, hey, that guy was kind of stole. Bill, Benny, or his name is Billy, fucking family killer guy. I was like, uh, he's like, yo, he was still kind of alive and conscious when he died um, as a vampire. So I could probably vampire myself. And, you know, I'd, I'd be standing for a little bit of time to fight somebody. Like, cool moment you know kind of i'm not gonna fight on on like the weirdness of that idea and hoping it would work <laughs> um but my thing is he fucking so what he does is he goes into a medicine cabinet grabs a needle takes that needle stabs it into the vampire takes the vampire's blood then stabs it into his vein and injects himself couldn't he have just like licked up the blood or something like that because it's, it's like the zombie thing which is like as long as you get a little bit of vampire dna in you you turn into a vampire right yeah well like and that that guy earlier he gets scratched he's he has a good amount of time where he's able to like you know be alive essentially and like have consciousness 
But like, first off, that could just kill you immediately. Like, you had everybody around and was like, "Yo, dude, those are foreign bodies. Like, your body, your body's gonna fucking attack that." Like, the vampires don't shove their blood into that, so they turn you. Like, that's not how that happened. And like, the other people got turned. Like, you're you're doing something that our biology says will kill you. Like, that would just go right probably to your heart and kill you. Like, what are you doing? But also, like, he could just fucking scratch himself with one of the guy's claws, or like you said, just like you know, drink a little bit of the blood. That'll probably do it. Um, okay, so I have another question for you following up to this okay. one. So the very end of the movie, mm-hmm. where Josh Hartnett and the female lead um, go out and watch the sunrise together as Josh Hartnett slowly like dissipates away, he or she is full-on kissing him, even though he's just gotten on a fight with the head vampire and everybody else and blood's just all over his face and back and forth. I was just thinking the whole time, it's just like, ooh, this this could be a little bit risky. That's a good point. I, Did you think of that as well? I, I didn't think about that. I, I I, I didn't. Was she kissing him then? Though I thought she was kind of holding him while he while he did while he disappeared. No, she was kissing him, full on kiss. Mm-hmm. Huh? I don't know. There were fluids exchanged. But maybe it has to be an open wound. Maybe maybe we don't know. Like maybe we've never seen them drink it. So maybe yeah, that maybe that outdoes that one. Uh, yeah, but it's a good point. I don't know. Maybe, or maybe maybe when it's exposed to the sun as well, it also like kind of dies. The virus dies. I'd assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a good point. I don't know. Good 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 question. Good question. Here, let's see. I got, I got more. One sec. Let's see. I got, I got, okay. I got to dig a little bit. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, there's that fucking scene. Okay, he kills the vampires, right? He kills Marlo, and he's like, "Yo, you, you guys yes. want some? Get the fuck out of my town, bros!" And and uh, you know, so he's shown that he can like fucking fight him and shit. And they, you know, they they don't like sprint away. They just kind of like, "All right, fucking right here, you kill their boss. Fuck you, we're leaving." And he's like, "Yo, should I go like after them?" And Sal's like, "No, don't do it." I'm like, "Bro, go after them." You're gonna die. Anyway, you're super powered <laughs> right now. Go f- like literally. He's like it, it. It's like imagine like the hero in the like imagine like a movie like this where like I'm trying to think of like another one. Uh, fuck, what's a, what's a movie like this? But just any movie where there's like the sacrificing hero, and he's like, and like you know like these the, like, okay bunch of like that's what these are. These are child murderers. These are people murderers. And you're like, yeah, I killed that one guy, and like, but there's the other ones over here, and I could probably do something about it. And there's like, nah, you got that one. Let him be. Like like it's fucking like you know, a pack of wolves and you killed their leader and they've like walked away. Like, no, these are fucking like murderous creatures that like fucking decimated your town. What are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, let them go. It's all right. It's cool. Like what? Like, and you know, the sun's coming up and you know, the sun's going to kill them. So like, why not just fucking like try to keep them at bay, keep them there. Like you. Yeah. Just at the very least stick them, you know, on the ground somewhere and keep them there. So yeah, I just feel like there's, there's other things you guys could do. Um, and it's, it's just dumb. Um, Another another random what the fuck. Uh, they go to the Utilidor, uh, which in case you don't know what a Utilidor is, it's basically just a long corridor. It's a utility corridor. So it's, a, it's a corridor that keeps all of their utilities. Um, so it's all the pipes and stuff that keep going down. Um, but you mentioned the grind. That's a nice compound word. What? That's a nice compound word. I know, word. right? Utility corridor. That's like, it just rolls off the tongue. It's very pleasant. It is. To say. It is. Like, we're going to the Utilidor. So I had to Google what the fuck Utilidor was. Um, <laughs> but they go to the Utilidor, right? Nobody's there. But that fucking grinder is still running. Why is the grinder still running? And it's been like we, two weeks at that point, yeah. right? Two, three no, weeks. No, yeah, because remember, it's almost the end of the month. Because oh, yeah, like, right. the sun's coming up tomorrow, exposition, exposition. Um, but like, di- literally the beginning of this movie is Evan having to talk with these guys about not leaving the fucking thing on. And like leaving it locked up so nobody can get to it. And they go into it, there's nobody there. And like, it's just running. <laughs> it's like... I guess they were foreshadowing when they were really shitty employees or something. Yeah, like I want Evan. But yeah, 30 days, that's good. That's Evan good. should have been like, uh, guys, you made a... Like, I guess they're dead at this point, but like, he should have been like, that fucking liar. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
maybe they were going to shut it off, and then that's when they were killed by the Vengeance. No, he, he was with them. Like, yeah, I guess maybe, maybe that's when they ran away. You know, they just like turned it on for a bit to watch it go. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see, anything else here? Got, um, got that. Did that. Got that. Cool. Oh, the fucking guy who hits her with the auger. I just like that's fucking dumb. <laughs> when uh, <laughs> do you get like? Did he do it on purpose? Like, because you get the impression that the the so okay. Stella is almost a casualty because of Billy, or whatever that guy's name is. Because you can tell he pers- he intentionally, it's implied he intentionally is late so that she'll miss her, her flight. Did you pick up on that? I did not, actually. So he shows up late because she's like, he calls like, hey, Billy, can you go get Stella? Like, she needs to her flight. Can you just pick up and drop her off there? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, you don't want to talk to her? Like, work things out? Why don't you go get her? And he keeps talking about working things out. And he shows up and he's like, you're late. He's like, oh, I just, I just forgot, forgot where my keys were. And, you know, whatever. <laughs> Like he's fucking lying. He just he he got her there late, and she missed her. her she missed her flight. What a fucking asshole! She's like, I think she even says she's like, I have things back at home. Like I need, I have bills to pay, I have things to do. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, plants. Out. She was like, oh, I have plants. The plants are gonna die. And she was just like, oh, don't worry, everything will be fine. Yeah, like the just like no, the plants. Just remember the plants. <laughs> I was like, oh man, you're Billy. You're kind of an asshole. Like damn. Um, <laughs> But I think I think other other than just uh, old man running away and getting that guy killed, we never saw old man die. I was I want to see old man die. Old man, I want I want to see old man die. When when that old guy runs out, I want to see him die. But we didn't get to see that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's all I got. Um, the one thing I will say is I did um, not really what the fuck, but a, a a slight I think miss out is how and having the vampires talk. I get why they don't do it because they want to separate them from humans, which I think is a nice choice. Um, but there are some pretty cool scenes in the comic book. Like there, I just remember, do you remember that guy gets killed who runs the electricity plant? Um, he goes outside and all these people just attack him. Um, yes. In the scene there, it's actually really cool because like the vampires come up to him. And they're like, hey, man, I just want to talk to you for a second. He's like, what the fuck are you here? He's like, yeah, don't worry about that. But like, so just some questions for you. Like, is this the power? Like, he like asks, he asks them about like, like the vampires talk to him. They're like, so like, is this the power? Like, just to make sure they can fucking knock all this stuff out. Uh, and I like it. I like, I like that scene a lot where they kind of, like, are explaining to him what they're doing. And it's very, like, menacing, but again, it's, it's very, like, a gang. Just kind of like, ah, we're just going to keep you for a little bit. It's okay. Like, we'll answer our questions, we'll let you go. And then, like, you know, they fucking kill him. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I kind of, I thought that added to the menacingness a little bit. But I could see why, like, it could seem kind of campy um, in the movie if they put it in. Um, so not, not a what the fuck, but, uh, eh, could have been nice to see that. Just a little comment right there. Yeah. Um, anyway. But also, you know, the vampires also inter- interrupted a threesome, which was not really cool, actually. That was that was really that that was the longest setup for a threesome I've ever seen in a movie. The longest not paid off threesome in a movie. There's like a nice like five minute long discussion between this girl and this guy being like, "Hey guys, uh, works all over, but I don't want to go to my home." The guys are like, "You should come to my home. You should come to my home. Oh, let's let's flip flip a whatever the fuck, and uh, we'll decide who gets the house. We get together there." And like these people are so into this threesome, and it's it's, it's really really nice to see, you know. Just, positive sexuality and stuff there's a lot of prep work involved yeah, you know. know a lot yeah. of decisions that, imagine if they had just made the decision to go to the girl's house or to go to the guy's house they may have actually accomplished that threesome yeah if they were just a little bit quicker with that it would have been so much fun yeah and for all parties involved i, I can't remember yeah. does the threesome girl survive i don't believe so now no okay i'm trying to remember which who which one got got um again there were just so many characters well, movie, i can't remember so. threesome girls the girl who drank with them all at the end? Who's like, oh, it's thirty days left, and we made it. I th- if that was threesome girl, I can't remember. I don't remember. I just remember they're both brunettes. So okay, that may have been her. I don't know. Um, could have been, could have not have been, but yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So final thoughts on thirty days a night. Oh wait, one more. One the fuck. 
Okay, Sorry, last one, last one. What the fuck? You get one and that's one last it. One. All right, so maybe a question also. The little girl that they meet in the convenience store. Are, are they yes. implying that she is a vampire the whole time, or she was somebody who turned into a vampire? Because the, the, they, they make a point of saying, I don't know who she is. Of being like, who the fuck is this little yeah. girl? Which makes me think either she's a tourist, but like it seems kind of weird for that to happen during 30 Days a Night. Um, or she's one of the vampires. But she was the only one not wearing black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm assuming she came over on the ship with everybody. All right, else. they're like, all right, we're all gonna wear black, and you're not going to. Because the thing I kind of liked is like, mm-hmm. I liked that they wore black in this, um, not because of uh, like, I, not because of gothicness and stuff. And it's the first movie they made really made me think about it. But like, you know, in Underworld and shit, you see black, and you're like, oh, because they're goth, and they're like, oh man, look at how depressed we are and sad we are for <laughs> vampires. But in this one, you're like, oh no, these creatures are fucking allergic to sunlight. They'd want to wear something that absorbs light and doesn't reflect it back at their fucking bodies. That makes sense. Holy shit. Like, it does. And I think that's part of the, the benefit to this movie is like, I wouldn't have thought of that without this movie. I wouldn't have thought like, oh, that makes complete sense why they're wearing black. It doesn't reflect light, of course. Like, but like, because this movie like feels kind of smart. And I, I liked that. Um, but yeah, okay. That was my last what the fuck slash interesting thing about this movie. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so final thoughts on this before I want to talk about something else a little bit uh, to wrap up the episode. But yeah, what, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, no, I think it's a very solid vampire movie with a very, very good premise, and I think it's definitely worth a watch. Are you going to read the comics? If nothing else, for Hollywood Hotthrob, Josh Hartman. Oh, yes. Are you interested in reading the comic at all, or the comics? I am, actually, and with your suggestion, I think I definitely You really should. The art is amazing. It's very watercolory. It's it's not a very generic comic. It doesn't look like, I don't know, anatomy is not consistent, but in a good way. Uh, it, it's cool mm-hmm. not that's it's very not, stylized not like cool. you know i have to mention it once per episode not the fucking alien comic that marvel's making which is fucking ass it looks like <laughs> fucking shit it looks so fucking bad <laughs> fucking god it's so bad they're, they're definitely tracing um toys of the aliens because the guy doesn't know how to draw them um if you can see the joints it's terrible but anyway and the people look like ass um but no i, I agree Same thing. i think it's a great movie i think it's like it's i think it's kind of the faculty where i almost feel like it's a movie that like to me it's like such a fun ride and I'm, and I'm surprised people haven't seen it like jenna i was honestly surprised you hadn't seen it um because when you suggested it, I was like, yeah great movie fucking yeah like um but maybe that's just you know a symptom of when i grew up like i was in high i, I know you said you were in college i was in high school i think i was my must have been my junior year of high school when this came out depending on what what time of the year it came out i'm assuming christmas ish uh because it's you know winter in the movie but <laughs> no nah, I, I think it's i think it's kind of a, a vampire classic and one that should be raised up more than it is like, I feel like more people have seen I Am Legend than this. And I feel like while the vampires are kind of similar in them, I feel like this is a better movie? I don't know. It definitely has the better ending, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. The, the, the I Am Legend could have had a great ending if they followed the book, but... They did, and they filmed it, and they went with the other ending. No, no. That ending was different still. It was slightly like it, but, like, because the... I am legend, side story, but I am legend, the best part about that book is him using science to discover why the vampires are vampires. Best part of the book. And then, like, the humanization of the vampires and the vampires basically being more humans than human. I am legend is because he's the last human. He's a legend to the vampires. Great, great concept. Movie makes it kind of weird. And they killed the dog. And I'm angry about that. <laughs> anyway. No, you never killed never. the dog. Okay. Anyway, so what else do you want to talk about before we wrap up this all right, Before we wrap up, uh, anybody who's listened to us at all for, like, not at all, but over the past three years we've been doing this, which is, again, insane, uh, knows that our first episode was on Halloween 2018, a movie that 
Um, I have not yet seen since I first saw it again. Um, but this October, I'm assuming October, uh, Halloween Kills is coming out, the sequel and the direct follow-up to that film. Uh, and a trailer was recently released, which had a lot of stuff on it. And Dan, I'm interested in your thoughts on that trailer. Ooh, geez. All right. Yes, I have seen it. Um, I am excited for the idea that there is an entire mob mentality against um, Michael Myers. And I thought it was a decent trailer, but I'm not going to watch any other ones because I don't want to be spoiled on what else happens because it felt like it was a very spoilerific trailer. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought that there's a, they were showing a lot in that trailer, uh, which is really weird. Apparently they bring back a lot of like Tommy Doyle and stuff, bring back like some of the kids from the original one. Which again, like, is kind of fun, I think. But it, I, I kind of think. So, like, I, like my criticism, your criticism at the time when the movie, we first watched the first one was that it felt a lot like they just kind of rehashed things in the original movies. Like, not me, not the first one, but like a lot of the sequels and stuff. They're kind of rehashes, just a lot of dumb decisions. Um, and this one does seem like it's going off on that, but not necessarily in a way that I want it to. Because, like, so in the trailer, we see we see Michael take out a couple of firemen, which makes sense. They're alone and whatever, cool. Not expecting it. Um, but then we see him take out, it looks like he takes out like five or six firemen all kind of hanging out <laughs> in like a group. Uh, one, it looks like with the buzzsaw from, um, uh, uh, from Army of, Dark, Army of the Dead, which is fucking insane to think Michael Myers using power tools. Um, <laughs> it also looks like he's a Halligan and stuff, but like, okay, I'm sorry, like, firemen typically aren't very weak. They, they really can't be to do their job appropriately. And the idea that Michael Myers takes on like five people at once in some equilibrium style shit, like, pisses me off. Like, in one sense, I like it, because, well, I haven't seen that before, and that's a new thing for Michael Myers, but also I'm like, is this Jason? Like, what? Who is this character? Like, it, it, this movie, and it, it, all these scenes, like you said, the mob's coming after him. That's awesome. But if a mob's coming after Michael Myers, he should be fucked. <laughs> like, we shall but, see. right? Like, shouldn't Michael Myers be fucked if, if, uh, like, if an entire town's after him? We shall I, see. Okay, I, I, my biggest fear at this movie is that we're going to see a bunch of fights in Michael Myers where everybody fucking loses to him except for, like, Jamie Lee Curtis at the end. Or maybe she'll die. That'll be cool. But, like, you know, I get the impression that this is, there's going to be a lot of fights going on and a lot of people are going to die. And it's just going to be, like, OP Mike. And then, I don't know. To me, that 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 seeing that makes me kind of disappointed in the movie already. Especially because there's a sequel after this, too. Right? There's (laughs) Halloween's Dead or something, or Halloween Ends. So I'm like, come. Halloween Ends. What a stupid fucking name. But also, like, (laughs) I just just can't. I think, think, Dan, I think I'm going to have a really angry episode. We might have to do that when we watch this one. Yes, we can absolutely. (laughs) I can already feel my anger. Anyway, that was 30 Days a Night. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hijack this podcast now. I'm sorry, Andrew. Um, thank you so much to our opening band. That is, once again, Teddy's Atlas with the song Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. Any non-Halloween thoughts you want to talk about, Andrew, before we wrap up? Uh, no, nah, read the comics. Like, I, not, not, not as they don't watch the movie, but if you, have, if you guys are interested in this concept or you have read the comics yet, even if you've seen the movie, while they are similar, I think it's definitely worth doing. It's, uh, the comics are beautiful, and I think the story is to- really well told. And also, I, I, I think tonight, um, for anybody who's not tonight, uh, this weekend, so you'll hear this on Tuesday. It's we're recording this on a Friday. Um, that Goosebumps R.L. Stein kind of limited series is coming out on Netflix, where I think every week there's a new entry, and it's different. It's like every ten years it jumps, so it's like a horror movie that kind of takes place over ten year periods. I think it's the first one is this weekend, um, this July Fourth weekend. So, uh, you should check that out. It looks pretty sick. Absolutely. That sounds good. All right. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Have a great 4th of July.